0: Visit patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Sword and Laser hopes you will enjoy this program. Hey
1: everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont.
0: And I'm Tom Merritt.
1: Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you.
0: And it has literally been a long road to today's show. Uh, We are (laughs) eight days after the last show because we had to delay the last show by a week. Then we both had conflicts earlier this week, or I Mm. had the Wednesday conflict, uh, and the two, so I guess it was just me that had conflicts <laughs> earlier this week. And so we had to do it today when Veronica was driving to a different town and then you had a flat tire.
1: Oh my God. I had the flat tire to end all flat tires. It was, I've never had a tire like explode before.
0: You had a blowout. A,
1: yeah. a full on blowout. Like I'll, I'll post a picture in, Not in a little discord like, oh, later. It feels
0: like something's weird. The tires losing. No, you just had a blowout. That's scary.
1: Yeah, we were driving up to Tahoe, and so for the for for those of you who know the the road up there, um, we were just about to pass Auburn, and we were like ten miles out before Auburn, and all of a sudden the car starts going like, <laughs> like mm. making this really loud noise, and yep. I was like, "Is there like a semi truck passing us? Like, what is shaking the road like that? What's happening?" And then all of a sudden it goes like cha-chunk. and we were like. Uh, And I start going, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. (laughs) As I'm like crossing like four lanes of traffic. Um, made it to this end. You were the driver. I was driving. Yeah. Uh And made it to the side of the road and, uh, we had a spare. So Ryan put the spare on while I made sure the dog and the kid were okay. Um, and then, yeah, we were able to you know, drive under 50 miles an hour, the rest of the 10 miles into Auburn. And we actually ended up getting all four tires replaced. Um, cause they were like the other tire on the back. It was the left rear tire. They were like the other tire on the, on the right side is like pretty close to being gone. Yeah. Like you don't have a lot of more time on this one. And those two front ones are like, okay for now, but like on their you, way you out. You kind of
0: <laughs> want to replace all four at <laughs> once when, if you can, right. but, you know, so you might as well. Yeah.
1: So that's what we did. So it was a an, an expensive uh, side, you know, side quest. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> side quest.
1: <laughs> but it was worth it. Everyone was fine. Everyone was safe. The, good, the wheel good, wasn't good. damaged. Just the tire. Um, so yeah, we went on our merry little way. About two did hours kid later, did the freak
0: out, or were they just like, Meh,
1: whatever? He it's did longer. not even notice. He was happily just like sitting uh-huh. in his car seat, like doop do. Watching Miss Rachel, like uh-huh. loving life. And good, yeah, good. so we were all, I think, I think and it wasn't
0: hot because you were up in the mountains, right?
1: Oh, no, no, it was 90 degrees.
0: Oh, it was. It was hot. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I but thought we were maybe fine. It we would found a nice like little
0: cafe. 70s or 80s or something, but
1: no, it would have been fine. I mean, really, it could have been much, much worse. So I'm, yeah, I'm I very so. happy we were all okay. <laughs>
0: Well, good, well, good. And thank you for persevering uh, of and doing the show anyway. This is my safe <laughs> space. You would have been well within your rights to be like, maybe we delay this one too.
1: I love how Tom like kept checking in with me throughout the day being like, so how are things? Are you still, you still good for later? It's okay if you're not. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. Um, but then Tom, Tom had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, I Tom.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I seem to have one every year.
1: It's incredible how that happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, happy birthday to Tom. um, So we could, because originally it was like, well, I can't do Wednesday because I'm, I'm, this is such a bougie LA thing. I had a screening on Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, So we couldn't do Wednesday. And then Veronica was like, well, I'm driving to Tahoe and I plan to have a blowout. So I shouldn't do Thursday. (laughs) And I'm like, well, it's my birthday on Tuesday. So Veronica very nicely was like, we'll just do Thursday anyway.
1: There we go. It all well worked out. It's so funny. Blowout means such a different thing in, in my current life context than it does. Does it involve hair? No. It, it, no, parties. actually, that's the third one.
0: Poop. Oh, parties, hair, poop, tires. and Wow. Uh, when I said to Eileen, oh, Veronica had a blowout, she was like, oh, when, when are they going to get power back?
1: Oh, it could also be a fight.
0: It could be. So <gasps> many things. Wow.
1: I never realized that before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or it could be a team getting defeated by a large portion of scores.
1: Wow, you're right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. English is yeah. weird.
0: Who knew blow blowout was so uh, versatile?
1: Yeah, yeah. Things we learn when we experience
0: the world. Oh, Mark wants to know how old I am. Uh, Fifty-two.
1: Nice. Nice. All right.
0: You want to know how much I weigh, too, Mark? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, very cool. Elizabeth says happy birthday. Ian sent you a cake. A virtual and, uh,
0: says his lady is 52 as well. Good age for people to be. Thank you, Ian.
1: Nice. And Ryan is also in the room, and he says happy birthday to you as well, my husband.
0: Oh, thanks, Ryan. He says and, thanks. Yeah. Belated right. happy birthday back at him, which are.
1: His. Oh yeah, Ryan's birthday was last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So many good birthdays around this time. Patrick Norton was a few days ago.
1: Felicia. mm -hmm. Felicia
0: and I have the same day birthday Mm -hmm. with Mel Brooks.
1: Oh, nice. My big famous one is Robin Williams.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we have digressed uh, hugely. Let's jump into the quick burns.
0: Yeah, it's only been a week and it's summer, so we don't have a ton of quick burns. But Locus Award winners announced, so at least one of the ones we have is a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks to Mark uh, for passing this along. The science fiction winner was A Desolation Called Peace by Arcady Martin. The fantasy winner was Jade Legacy by Fonda Lee. Oh, nice. Uh, Best First Novel went to A Master of Gin by P. Jelly Clark. And uh, best novella to Martha Wells Fugitive Telemetry.
1: Oh my god, I've read all of these. I know. Wow. I'm like on it this year. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh the only one that I didn't mention and you haven't read it, I assume, is the horror novel winner My Heart Is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones.
1: I have heard of it, but I have not it. That is true. Um, well, I haven't technically, technically I lied. I haven't finished Jade legacy yet. I'm currently reading it, but I feel like that still counts.
0: One that I should read and will read is the winner of the young adult novel, Charlie Jane Anders Victory is greater than death.
1: I started that one. I started that one. I love Charlie Jane. Um, I'm, I was having a little trouble getting into that one. I think maybe it was mm-hmm. just reading is it's YA? Um, mm-hmm. and I think it was just reading a little too YA for what I was in the mood for. Um, but I think I'll probably go back to it.
0: At some anyway, point. there are more awards, uh, issued by Locus. Uh, so go check them all out. Locusmag.com. We'll have a link in the show notes as well.
1: Fantastic. And Tamahome says after 24 years, the Barnes and Noble in Tamahome's hometown of Clark, New Jersey is closing.
0: Wow, a Barnes and Noble clo. Well, I guess Barnes and Noble closing isn't that shocking, but after that long, I feel like Barnes and Noble is the one that can hang on because there aren't any others left in the chain space.
1: I just don't understand because 24. So, one. Okay. So, in my mind, 24 yeah. years ago is when Barnes and Nobles were starting to close.
0: Oh, 24 so, years ago would have been 98.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so was, they were they, still pretty much in their heyday then.
0: They were they were still going strong in ninety eight. It wasn't till okay. Amazon really started booming in like two thousand four, two thousand three. Yeah. Two thousand six for sure is when you're like, Oh, borders is in trouble, you know, Barnes and right. Nobles on the ropes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess for me, twenty four years feels like it wasn't open that long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the later ones for sure.
1: Right. Because my the Barnes and Noble in my town, well, the Barnes and Noble. This is going to be a long conversation if I let it happen, so maybe I won't. But anyway, I spent a lot of time in Barnes and Noble. Very sad. I haven't been to one in years, though.
0: I don't know. I'm kind of into because we don't have a lot of quick burns. I'm kind of into sharing bookstore memories because I have some some conflicted but good memories of a Barnes and Noble in Austin when I was in college.
1: Oh, well, you had you were that was the competition for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Right. Plus, you worked I was at a, a Snotty
0: twenty or person in his twenties, who's like Barnes and Noble. So if anybody doesn't know, I worked at a used bookstore called half price books. Uh, anybody in Texas knows half price books usually, um, which is a chain of its own, by the mm-hmm. way, it's just a Texas based chain. chain. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was a Barnes and Noble opened on Guadalupe street right across from the university. Uh, and our Europa books, which was a great indie bookstore closed. And we were all Mm -hmm. very upset because an urban outfitters went in where the Europa books had been. Ouch. Uh, and so I, I was hated the Barnes and Noble when it first opened, but secretly on my days (laughs) off, I would sometimes go in there and browse the sci-fi section (laughs) and just read all the Star Trek novelizations and the it's, you know, Star Trek encyclopedia. I think I bought the Star Trek encyclopedia at that Barnes and Noble and it was just always so calm and
1: nice. In there. Oh, so I nice. It. That's what I feel like. I feel like Barnes and Noble was lawful good. And I feel like borders was chaotic neutral.
0: <sighs> I don't know. Barnes and Noble did some pretty anti-competitive things in its heyday, especially in the early nineties where it would like, I, I open guess up I mean, this as a, as a,
1: as a customer,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. not as like someone uh-huh.
1: in the, in the space. So yeah, yeah, your, your, your opinion might vary. Borders,
0: I always felt was a little, little more like, you know, a little more rough around the edges. I preferred yeah, to go I mean. to a Borders, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that part.
1: And I felt like, so I think for me, the Barnes and Noble and the borders were across the street from each other in my town. And so it was like, you could go to one and then go to the other in the same afternoon, though they were, they were bisected by a very large road. It wasn't like a street. It was, was it like a you major could thoroughfare. hop
0: across the street. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: it'd yeah. be very dangerous. Right. Um, so you had to like drive to get to one or the other. <laughs> um. But I used to spend most of my time at the Borders because they had an incredible music section of like yeah, techno music did. and electronic music. Mm-hmm. And this DJ, this guy, he wasn't a DJ. Yeah, he was this DJ that was like super popular in my area. His name was DJ Carrad. And his real name was Derek. Get it?
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: And um, he was great. He was a great, like, I think he was a trance DJ and my boyfriend at the time. And I like thought we were super cool. Cause we would go in there and like talk to him about music and stuff. And he was like, uh-huh. you know, in his early twenties. <laughs> and um, this was back when we used to go to parties all the time, like raves and stuff. And um, yeah. So I used to hang out there a lot. And then, like all of my friends worked at the Borders. Nobody worked at the Barnes and Noble. All the cool kids worked at Borders, <laughs> so that was like the hangout spot.
0: <laughs> you know that, that that is funny. Like th- that was true in Austin too. Uh, the obviously the coolest people worked at Half Price Books. Let's just mm, be, mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. just be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you had to work at a non Half Price Books chain, Borders was okay. In fact, some people went back and forth between Borders and Half Price Books. But man, working at a Barnes and Noble, uh, that was, you were, you had gone to the dark side.
1: Got it. And yeah, totally different perspective. Super interesting. All right. Uh,
0: Well, then uh, Tamahome has another post here, uh, noting that George R.R. Martin is behind a new TV series on AMC with Robert Redford called Dark Winds. I don't think George is starring next to Robert Redford. I think they're working together on producing it. Uh, but Tamahome says, I think there's a slight supernatural bent to it. Uh, Robert Redford and George R. R. Martin produce seventies Navajo detective drama. So it takes place on a reservation and it's set in the 1970s.
1: Yeah. I've actually heard a lot of really good things about this already. So I would, I would love to check this out. Um, I depends on how spooky it is, but yeah, I'm, it looks, <laughs>
0: it looks like it's got a little twin peaks vibe to it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's also George R. R. Martin, and it's you know more deserty. Twin Peaks is Pacific Northwest. This is New Mexico. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. So set in the 1970s, Dark Wind centers on two detectives, Leaporm and Chi, who are tasked with finding a murderer behind multiple homicides. Yet nothing is as it seems as the case takes a turn towards the spiritual. Mm. I check that out.
0: Yeah, like I'm always looking
1: homie. for always looking for new shows. All right. Well, thanks for everyone who posted in our Quick Burns this week. If you want to help contribute to the show, you can do so by either posting over on Goodreads and check out the QuickBurns thread or over on our Discord. Uh, look for the channel called QuickBurns. All right, everybody. Now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience.
0: We start with a post by Oaken called Whatever Happened to Question Mark Question Mark. Now this this uh, thread was started back in May 2022. So, Veronica, do we do we want to start right up the top, or is there? Well, I don't a- think
1: we've talked about it before. Okay, have we? yeah, I don't
0: think we have. So, Oaken no. uh, sets it up this way. Some authors have had long, brilliant careers in science fiction and fantasy: Asimov, Le Guin, Cherry, Gibson, Gaiman. Others made a big splash with a book or series and then seemed to disappear from our radar screens. Who are your whatever-happened-to authors? For me, one would be Paolo Bacigalupi, wrote The Incredible The Wind-Up Girl in 2009, set in a dystopian world destroyed by bioengineering and corporate greed, and a completely new tale that I also like called The Water Knife in 2013, followed by a co-written fantasy novel, Tangled Lands, that for me completely missed the mark, and then... (laughs) A quick look on Twitter shows he is politically active, which overall might be a better thing than writing another novel given how messed up the world is now, but I do want ever so badly to see what he will do next. Maybe 4 years since Tangled Lands isn't that long of a time, but the fact that it was co-written and based on the outcome not his best work worries me that his focus has shifted. Note this isn't a George R. R. Martin post. <laughs> mm,
1: mhm. Mhm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if I have anyone like that,
0: Philip K. Dick, for me, whatever happened to him? my God, oh right. He died. Uh, but they're <laughs> uh, they're they've uh, optioned a uh, a movie based on his his um his life.
1: I learned this week, and I didn't know that he had a, a twin si- twin sister who died only like about a month old,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, so sad. there are sometimes um characters who have an embedded twin. <laughs> Oh. In his writing that is pretty much him dealing with that part of Aww. his history. Uh but yeah, Trike Trike on uh a Twitter uh wrote at added me that uh there is a PKD biopic in the works in Hollywood. So I'm going to keep my eye Very right cool. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Chris on this thread says, uh, for me, it's JV Jones, her first trilogy, the Baker's boy, a man betrayed and master and fool is a typical secondary wor- world fantasy. In this case, the titular Baker's boy must learn to master his magic powers to defeat the evil Prince, but it's her follow-up series, a cavern of black ice, a fortress of gray ice and a sword from red ice and watcher of the dead that I really enjoyed. The author really stepped up her writing game. Uh, this series has a more complex plot and interesting characters, um, and it's supposed to be one more book in the series. So Watcher came out in 2010. I'd love to know when the next book is coming. I met her at a book signing, uh, for Cavern years ago and she was really cool. Oh yeah. Interesting. That's like, you know, 12 years
0: since the last book. Well, and then Oaken did a little poking around and wrote, not sure if you were aware, JV Jones has a Patreon. She alludes to going through some difficult times, but is working on her next book again after a long absence.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. I love that. Awesome. It's awesome. It's almost like Oken is doing a, you know, I will find them for you service with this thread. Not really <laughs> like starting I, brought, I and, started this. I found Jimmy Jones it. for you.
1: <laughs> I started it. Now I'll finish it. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other authors for me that I've been like, where are they now? Kind of deal. Um, yeah,
0: I know. Because for me, it's almost the opposite. It's It's often like, oh, I really like that author, but I have so much to read. You know, I wish I I had more time to get around to their other things that they have been writing. Not so much me. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's Although, 100% me too, yeah.
0: Actually, one that comes to mind, and I, I want to find out what he's been doing, because I, I imagine I just haven't kept up, but Lev Grossman uh, was oh. one after the Fillory novels, after I finished reading the Fillory novels, that I I didn't keep track of what he was writing. And I'm not sure that he has had much beyond the fillery novels. Of uh, I'm looking at his website, and it's the Silver Arrow, the Magicians, the Magician King, and the Magician's Land and Codex. Oh, and one called Warp. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, it must. Yeah, I guess you know when you write something like that, it must be really hard to like follow up. You know. Hmm. Um, must be a lot of pressure. I felt that yeah. way about Jane Lindskold for a long time, and then I found out. It was just me. I just wasn't paying it close enough attention and she had been writing yeah. more books.
0: That is one of the things I try not to do anymore uh, now that we have the internet is go like, yeah. whatever happened to this actor? And then, you look, you know, why, why doesn't this person do anything anymore? And then you look on their IMDb and they're like constantly working. You just haven't seen any of their stuff.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I felt that way for actually a long time. Like, personally, <laughs> this is really stupid. <laughs> but for, you know, for a long time, I did a lot of pretty visible like web video. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And then I switched careers basically to, to go into product and for, for years afterwards, I mean, I've been doing product management now for almost eight years and I know. And, um, I still get tweets sometimes being like, whatever happened to Veronica Belmont? I haven't seen Mm -hmm. her since the core days. And I was like, that wasn't like 2010.
0: Also you did a lot after core. Like all you have to
1: do is look at my Twitter, and it tells you what I do.
0: And also, you do this and have (laughs) done this this since 2007.
1: And this, this. take that. Um, I'm like, I'm not dead. Uh."
0: Veronica's rumors of Veronica's demise are greatly exaggerated.
1: Greatly, greatly
0: exaggerated.
1: Although, yeah, could have been different today. Yikes. Um, No, I was fine. I'm over. (laughs) Thank goodness. Jesus. Um, All right. Cool. So here, I'll put in
0: some (laughs) laughter.
1: Uh, so funny. (laughs) <laughs> Tom got a new mixing board and he's very impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: got sound effects on it. <laughs>
1: um, we also have a thread from Christos who says, What are the, your favorite stories that really messed with your head? And he said, For me, uh, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch gave me an existential crisis. It made me question my life decisions more than I ever did before, which is saying something. Oh, and then Louie says, I had my first existential crisis when I read Raft by Stephen Baxter and thus learning about the eventual heat death of the universe. Oh, and then Paul says, for me, it's usually books that make me question reality, like Lenark by uh, Alistair Gray, Night Film by Marisha Pessel and House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielski.
0: I don't know if it's, Because I get older, Daniel
1: Lusky. Sorry,
0: or Mm -hmm. if I'm dead inside. But I used to read books and and especially watch movies, and come out of them living in that world, right for a short Mm -hmm. period of time. Like I put down the book, but I was still in that world, Uh, and that doesn't that hasn't happened in a long time. Where where it just messes with my head so much that I'm like. Turned into it. I, I remember Dune was like that. I would put down the book Dune, but I was still on Arrakis for a while mm, mm-hmm. after I, I put put it down. I haven't had a book hmm. do that to me in a while.
1: Yeah. I think the the one that has stuck with me the most, and I'm scrolling back, um, was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue um, by V.E. Schwab. And I don't know if it was the time when I was reading it. I was just had just found out I was pregnant. And so that whole time that I was reading it, I was like really sick and like my whole life was changing. Yeah. And I was listening to the audio book and I still have like turbo and it was very sad. Like uh-huh. I I cried a lot at the end of that book and I still get like really like visceral flashbacks when I'm doing things. Cause I, I was, I guess I must've been listening to it a lot when I was doing chores around the house and like cleaning dishes and stuff. And So I was like, whenever I'm washing dishes, sometimes I just get these like intense emotional flashbacks
0: to Uh, that, to that
1: book. It's very strange. Um, that's probably the biggest one for me recently, I would say that I can think of.
0: The only thing I can really, that really sticks out in my head is like back when I was in my twenties and I was a snotty half price books worker, (laughs) I would read, uh, William S. Burroughs and Charles Mm, Bukowski, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of very disturbing mind messy books and th- those would definitely met, like literally mess with my head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Naked lunch did that to me. Yeah.
0: Naked lunch for sure.
1: Um, it's great. It's
0: a great book. Be careful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tread lately. <laughs> um, I read a lot. I was really into the beats. So I read a lot of, of oh, all yeah, of those too. books for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: all the Kerouacs. Yeah.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Anywho. Yeah. So that's, that's a great thread. That's a great subject. So if there's any that you, y'all feel like you got, uh, an impacted by there's some, I feel like I didn't, I wouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say mess with your head, but like, maybe just like Phil says, like, for example, I don't know about messed with my head, but there are certainly some that have influenced my beliefs and morals. Mm-hmm. Um, every year I reread a different novel by Robert Heinlein, most of which I first read 40 to 50 years ago And I almost always have a, so that's where I got that from. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They taught me to quote question everything.
0: Philip K. Uh, Dick books are that for me where I, when I read them, I I'm like, Oh, I forgot that that part of my personality is deeply influenced by this reading this book.
1: Yeah. I was very impacted by, um, by brave new world when I read it as a youth. um, So that one maybe impacted my thinking long term.
0: Hitchhiker's Guide by Douglas Adams. Oh, yeah. Totally formed my sense of humor.
1: Oh, that's funny. That was, uh, yeah, I used um, Hitchhiker's Guide as my yearbook quote. Oh, nice. (laughs) So that ties us together in that way. Yeah. And I read it
0: in high school. Throughout space and time. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) That's kind of cool.
0: For sure. All right. Uh, Trike has a thread called Remix versus Retread. Uh, wrote, help me out here. I've been struggling with this idea for a few months now. Namely, why do some things feel like a pleasant remix while others seem like tired retreads? Mm. I see this with books, with movies, and most recently with video games. Is it just style or is there something more to it? Obviously, we're all drawing upon the same cultural touchstones. So everything is really just a variation on a theme, right? Mm -hmm. My, Mm -hmm. My note here, like, everything is a hero's journey, right? Everything has to have a hero reject the call and then pick up the cause. Uh, Back to Trike. There are only so many ways you can tell a story with a dragon or a space marine, but why do some feel fun while others feel like ripoffs? I can't put my finger on it. Mm. John Nevitz says, my take, based on previous discussions... I do think this bugs me way less than you, but not saying there isn't something to what you're saying. Storytelling in any medium is a craft, and like other crafts, it relies on both experience and natural ability. If the storyteller is doing their job well, it matters much less what ingredients they use to tell it. How many stories does Neil Gaiman tell that are groundbreaking or original? Yet he does such an awesome job storytelling that you just go along for the ride. And likewise, when something pulls you out of the ride, the storytellers are taking you on. You tend to notice the mechanics of it more and what it is built from, and that's not always great. I also wonder if it is partly because you have to spend so much time over the year studying the mechanics and bones of storytelling that makes it harder for you to gloss over things and go along for the ride.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Good I, perspective.
0: I think this is a very important thing to think about, which is it's not that the story's bad because it's a retread. There's something else going on, right? Uh it's it's not that the story's good even though it's similar. There's something mm-hmm. else going on. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's an important thing to to keep in mind. And I think it might be different for different people too, right? Because right. part of it is going to be what what you expect and what you've read before.
1: Well, sometimes I like it when things feel familiar. Yeah. Like I just I want something in a certain vein because that's just what I'm in the mood for. Yeah, so in yeah. a way, I'm I'm looking for that. That, that similarity, but I want like, you know, you want that little different spin on it.
0: I feel like if it's too close, there's there's an evolutionary advantage and difference that we have <laughs> as, as humans. And if it's too close, you kind of react as like, no, 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 you're just imitating. That's not good. We don't want you to just imitate because we already have Pat the Hunter, and and we don't need another Pat the Hunter in the tribe. We need you to do something else. So it's, you know, if it's too close, you feel like, well, now you're not adding anything creative. And if it's, but if it's similar and different, then it feels creative. And 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 again, going evolutionarily speaking, our our tribe welcomes you doing a riff on Pat's hunting style. Maybe you'll catch different things that Pat doesn't catch. <laughs> uh, and and so I think there's that, like, ooh, this is similar but it's got enough differences that i don't dislike it right yeah, I, I think yeah. it's i think it's got a creative take or a a little bit of a different thing it's still nebulous though right like what makes it feel just different enough but still similar
1: that's interesting i feel like i can tie this to our current book pick as well, but maybe I should save oh, really? that for the discussion thread a little is bit. It,
0: yeah, is it spoilery to to say that, or but maybe we just go no. right into the 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 kickoff then.
1: All right, let's just go right into the kickoff. Do you want me to just? I, I'm scared I'm going to forget it or lose my lose my. Thought. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So so just if for anybody who doesn't know, we're we're reading in July. Hunt the Stars by Jesse Maholic. Go ahead.
1: So I feel like it. It feels very similar thematically to a lot of books that I've read in the past. And I have to say, Tom, it feels very similar thematically to a lot of books I read in the past for vaginal fantasy.
0: Oh, interesting. That was not what I was expecting you to say. Go ahead. That,
1: that's not really where I'm going with it. Uh-huh. But I, I just wanted to, I almost texted you like super late on your birthday to be uh-huh. like, wait a second, where is this book going to go, Tom Merritt?" Because um, <laughs> it has all the ha- hallmarks of a of a kind of like, like, Maybe a Rachel Bach, or like, I guess uh-huh. that she's not really romance necessarily, but she has written some space romance, I think. Um, it's just a lot of authors that I've read in that vein, um, based on the kind of things that, um, that, oh, what's the main character's name? Um, Tavi, Octavia Zerola? Tavi Yeah, so Tavi, Tabby. yeah, yeah, and um, she like the way she. The, uh, the author, and some of her chapters where it'll be like, like but then it was my heart telling on me or something uh-huh. like that. Like, there's like,
0: <laughs> interesting, interesting. Because I'm not far enough in the book to have, have caught on to that yeah Okay. Uh, but
1: I don't want to put out spoilers there, but there but- are- there's if you a... read the book
0: Briefing on Patreon, you know Jessie Mahalik writes urban fantasy and romantic science fiction. Oh, She's a software okay. engineer with a degree in computer science, but she writes full-time. And mm-hmm. she originally wanted to write urban fantasy, but the the dream agent she wanted to work with didn't feel like there was a market for it at the time, but liked her science fiction. So she has been doing romantic science fiction, which I, I think is is like, That's genius of her agent to be like, Mm -hmm. well, look, if you can do science fiction, you can do the romance. Nobody's doing that. Right. Or not enough people are doing that.
1: There are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely people doing it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so there's a market out there that we can exploit. Whereas urban fantasy, everybody was doing that at the time. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Back in Mm -hmm. 2008, 2009, uh, when she was doing NaNoWriMo, which is when she wrote her first, her first attempts at novels, um, so Hunt the Stars is is a more recent book. Uh, and it came out last year. It is the first in a trilogy, and the second book comes out July 12th. So if you like this first book, you can, you know, wait, wait a couple of weeks and you can jump right into the, the oh, second cool. one. Yeah. Yeah. But- so I
1: I do like it so far. So I'm I'm still pretty early in the book, but I I'm getting some of the, the hallmarks of this of this genre. Um, I, I, I thought started you were going to recognize say without it has realizing. the hallmarks
0: of, of my previous picks because I do like a, a crew in space story. But it, you the, do yeah, like okay. a crew in space
1: story. No, I'm, but I'm it's, excited about this. Yeah. So it's it's um, I was like, wait a second. Did Tom pick a sexy time? Is this going to turn into a sexy time? So we'll see. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it maybe won't. It I don't will.
0: know. Yeah. Uh, th- the description that hooked me, uh, and this might, if you're really avoiding spoilers, like, I don't want to know a single thing about the book. You don't want to hear the description, but it's not spoilery. This is book jacket copy. Uh, th- this hooked me desperately in need of enough credits to keep her crew together. Bounty hunter, Octavia Zarola agrees to take a job from her sworn enemy, Torin Fletcher, even though he insists on taking his crew along as well. As the crew set out on the hunt, Octavia begins to suspect a deeper, more sinister plot in which she may be a pawn, leaving her to decide where her loyalties lie. <sighs> now, that does not hit <laughs> mm-hmm. a bit at the romance part that you're talking about, which oh, I, no. makes Tom, me even more excited to you're find out how one that of develops. the
1: true hallmarks of any classic romance from any genre. I mean, look at Pride and Prejudice,
0: for example. It's mm-hmm, always
1: the mm-hmm. dude you think the main character oh, is supposed to hate.
0: Yeah. I I already know who she's falling for. Yeah. Even though I haven't got to the part where she falls for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's the same with like Bridgerton. You know the uh-huh. most recent season, right, all, right. all seasons of Bridgerton. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all all
0: episodes of
1: Bridgerton, Bridgerton. Yeah. is just you know who who is the most most loathsome person oh my gosh, around. This may be
0: one of my favorite books ever because you know I love a Regency romance too. Mm-hmm. I love a crew in space story and I love Jane Austen. So,
1: well, it's a little. I mean, I know Harvey it doesn't have the Victorian a, era
0: fantasy element, but if it's got that like. That Mr. Darcy kind of thing going on. I could be into that.
1: It kind of is like actually the most recent season of Bridgerton because Tavi, like like the main, the main female lead in Bridgerton in season two, she's like kind of, you know, con- takes care of her family and is like, you know, pretty serious about her role in the household or the ship, whichever have you. And so, yeah, they kind of similar, similar vibes, similar vibes, deep distrust of the Mm -hmm, other. mm
0: -hmm. Yep. I don't know. I feel like Jesse Mahalik is our people, though. Uh, mm NaNoWriMo participant, uh, computer computer science science degree, person, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, software engineer from Texas. I spent, you know, six years in Texas.
1: Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want it make, to make it seem like I'm saying this book is just like every other sci-fi romance book because that, that's not what I'm saying. I've, I'm really enjoying the book. I just want to say there, there's some telltale signs when I started reading it, not really knowing what I was getting into about uh, what I was getting into.
0: <laughs>
1: if you know what I mean.
0: Uh, that's great. Yeah. I love
1: so it. I'm excited.
0: All right, Uh, well, that is the kickoff of Hunt the Stars by Jesse Mahalik, and we will check in on it next time. Uh, Non-spoilery, I think, and then we'll wrap it up at the end of the month. Um, Last thoughts on our June reads, though. Remember in June, in in honor of uh, Jenny Colvin, who who we lost and are very sad at at her passing, uh, we decided to honor her ubiquitous reviews by all of us uh, agreeing to to read books as many as we want even if it's just one uh up to as many as you want and review them. Uh so we thought we'd go through the Discord channel and read out some of the f- comments folks have been making about the books they read this month.
1: And I I I want to put this out there I did I was not able to get all of them there were so many. So thank you to everybody who posted in that channel um and holy moly how do you all read so fast? I know. Oh my goodness gracious.
0: I read one and a half, and Tassie Dave read like my entire year's worth of books. He's on he read his 10.
1: 10th right now. <laughs> Prosecca read 13. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, so Tassie Dave, first of all, just finished uh, Finna, book 10. He read four novellas and six novels. Um, okay. and the, the so last of his reads a,
0: feel a little better, a little
1: shorter, and a little better. Um, this was, uh, the last of his reads in Jenny's memory month. Um, so he read, I'll just read these off a Psalm for the wild belt by Becky chambers unlocked an oral history of Hayden syndrome by John Scalzi, uh, a novella An unnatural life by Aaron K. Wagner, children of time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Uh, the Library of Mount Char by Scott Hawkins. These are serious big books, by the yeah, way. No kidding. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Waystation by Clifford D. Simak. The Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri. Artemis by Andy Weir. And Finna by Nino Cipri.
0: Dang. Uh- Pro wrote, before I will be in the internet-free wilderness for the rest of the month, I'm going to list my reads and listens here. I wrote a review for all of them. They're not very good reviews <laughs> okay. of rather good books. I'm sure the reviews are fine. Uh, I learned that I prefer to not rate or review the books that I read. And then if I keep it for a day or two later to write it, I barely remember what it was about. Uh, but 13 books, uh, London Dark, De followed followed de Scotland Yard by Benjamin Scott. To Be Taught a Fortunate by Becky Chambers. I'm so happy to see much, so much Becky Chambers in here. Uh, you Sexy Thing by Cat Rambo. Imprudence by Ka- Gail Carriger. And Competence by Gail Carriger. Unity by Ellie Bangs. Reticence by Gail Carriger. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Uh, the Poe Estate by Polly Shulman. Love After the End, an anthology of two-spirit and indie queer speculative fiction. L'Age d'Or by Cyril Pedrosa, The Apollo Murders by Chris Hatfield, The Witch Hunter by Virginia Becker, and The Kingslayer by Virginia Becker, and wrote I Hope to Finish Rosewater by uh, Today Thompson and The Carpet People by Terry Pratchett as audiobooks and The Bones sh- and the Bone Shard Emperor as an e-book before the end of the month. Rainy weather really helps with reading.
1: Dang.
0: <laughs> Maybe Those that's are- why it's, we have a drought in California. I'm not reading enough.
1: That's that could be it. We're just outside too much, yeah, man. Um, Aaron Bell says, "I just finished reading this on Saturday." An interesting graphic novel that caught my eye nearly a decade ago, possibly recommended by Geek and Sundry. I almost downgraded it to three stars because it took so long to get me invested in the characters, but the art style is so damn appealing that I couldn't give it the hit. I have trouble finding Delilah as a believable protagonist, but perhaps that is because Selim is the real star here, even if Delilah is the one doing the swashbuckling. I have, with only brief hesitation, placed a hold on the second volume. Perhaps more thematically appropriate would be to rate it four out of five cups of tea. And this oh. is a review of Delilah Dirk and Turkish Lieutenant, Delilah Dirk number one by Tony Cliff.
0: Oh, that's cool. I like I like the tea idea. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a great review. Uh, a few others here. Uh Sheila Jean just today uh shelved my eight reviews. Uh, but uh she says really just general book thoughts. Uh, over on the shelf at Goodreads. It uh, looks like The Sandman Act 2, uh, Lane, The Rise and Fall by Michael J. Sullivan, The Girl and Moon by Mark Lawrence, um, mm. The Wheel of Oshime, The Red Queen's War Number 3 by Mark Lawrence as well.
1: And then uh, Three Random, Calvi said, I finished my second Jenny book, four more to go. I suspect I might be carrying some after June. I think that's okay. And let's see. <laughs> He just finished The Vanished Birds by Simon Jimenez, and he said, I was inspired to write this review in memory of Jenny Colvin. This is a tale told of a thousand years lived and also yet a lunch you may share with your friend tomorrow. The theme of family and what represents family balanced against the capitalist greed of a future that awaits mankind. The world building is solid and it is worth a read if you want your sci-fi served up with less violence and more thought and dare I say feels.
0: John Nevitz wrote uh, finally wrote the review I mentioned I would for A Boy and His Dog at the End of the World and he links to it on Goodreads it's a it's a nice long review uh, well done John and if you want to read it uh, get the link out of our Discord just just go into the the channel for the June pick for the Jenny picks.
1: Elinara says four stars for Bannerless by Carrie Vaughn, a murder mystery in a dystopian future. After a global catastrophe, our investigators' small corner of the world has found a new normal, kind of. Now someone has been murdered and she leads the investigation. During the investigation, we get to follow her journey both figuratively and literally. The world building was excellent, liked the woman on a journey thing. The only less successful part was the mystery was a bit boring.
0: Oh, too bad. (laughs) Bummer. And then uh, Elizabeth, uh, who was listening in the Discord, uh, but I think had to head out to work. Had to go to
1: work, yeah. (laughs) uh,
0: Three stars for The Lights of Prague by Nicole Jarvis, a debut historical urban fantasy with vampires set in Prague. The blurb says, Witcher times VE Schwab, Witcher because it's Eastern Europe, but instead of a darker shade of magic, I got rivers of London vibes without the humor, there's a mystery to solve, a will they won't they potential romance, a mixture of science and alchemy and a love letter to Prague.
1: Very nice. And did you you posted your review, right? Did we read it last time? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, we I talked posted
0: about my review last time.
1: Did I I didn't read my review last time, did I? I don't
0: think so. I don't recall whether you did or not. It was okay. one of the ninth and you you link we linked to it.
1: Okay, so mine was for Nona the Ninth. I said, discovering your new favorite series is going from a trilogy to a tetralogy is always good news. Nona the Ninth picks up seemingly where Harrow left off, but I honestly wish I had reread Harrow another time before starting this one. I love the story, and yet I found myself constantly wondering if I remembered where all the characters fit in with one another. This could be because Harrow the Ninth left me with so many questions about who is alive, who is dead, and who is somewhere in between. All I can hope for is that Electo will give us more answers, but I'm happy to have met Nona along the way. Very nice. Thanks.
0: Well, thanks everybody uh, for reading along with us in June. I know it was a little bit of a different month for us, uh, but so many people participated. And I know even more people participated that that didn't post to Goodreads or, or post to Discord, uh, which is fine. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's, I know sometimes it's a little like, well, I don't really want to make my review public, but I'll do it. Uh, and that counts. That absolutely counts. So thank you everybody uh, for reading along with us and uh, doing it in Jenny's honor. We miss you, Jenny.
1: Yep. I thought it was really fun and I thank you as well. And I thank all of you out there who are our patrons and who contribute to the show. Uh, Our show is entirely funded by you. Um, Thank you so much to all the folks who back us. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser.
0: And you can support the show by buying books through our links. We, uh, we no longer just have Amazon links. We have bookshop.org links as well. You can find those links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks.
1: Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And hey, post what you're reading up there and tag us. And I will reshare it over on the Instagram account there. And of course, you can join in on all the discussions over at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.